This is the Cosmic Voice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 5, Episode 22. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. What's going on, everybody? And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, how are you, sir? Mick, I'm lovely. How are you, brother? I am fantastic. Enjoying this awesome. super warm weather. Yes, it's like summer. Yes, at the time we're recording this, we are uh, sweating. It is hot. I love it, so I have no complaints. I'm having no complaints either. It is unseasonably hot. I do like a small transition. My allergies have kicked in so much that I am struggling to breathe half the time, but (laughs) I'd rather have this than the cold weather. Yeah, we really didn't get a spring. We kind of went from cold to hot. Yeah, I mean, the rodent didn't say anything about that. No. Didn't no, say he, it, no, like we, we were going to just jump ship real quick into the super warm weather. <laughs> I kind of have a feeling we're living. It's going to be, uh, you know, just summer and fall for the rest of our lives. There's going to be no spring. And Well, maybe Al Gore was right so many years ago. <laughs> Jesus. But you know what? The summer slide. season kicks in. <laughs> that All the summer sales have started early and, and people are already starting to vacation. So I guess it's it's a good thing for our economy because gas is going up yet again. And, well, of uh, course, it's summertime. It's what happens. Well, it's still spring, but people well, think it's oh, summer. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, in full summer garb. Well we went right. to get you gas well the other... Uh, actually, yesterday, it, it looks like it's like July out there, the way people are dressed. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know? 100%. But we still have an opportunity to get some cold weather here in Pennsylvania. People forget that. It creeps up on us. Boom. Have you turned your air on yet? No, I will not touch no, my haven't, air. Haven't no, gotten that no, there no, yet, huh? No, 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 us neither. No, no. no. Just I a lot of fans, a lot of open windows. I, I haven't even taken the cover off yet. I have not <laughs> taken the cover off yet. No way. Now, I mean, we've already talked about the weather. I'm just going to bring up quick kiss reference. At the time of this <laughs> recording, they had to stop one of the shows because yeah. Gene Simmons got... Uh, we're not even sure what happened. They still haven't said. He just had to take a chair... And he looked comatose yeah. for a few minutes, and apparently yeah. drinking water fixed him right up. I wonder if it was altitude sickness. They were where? They're, they were... Was it Brazil or somewhere Brazil, down there maybe? in South America? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it were the heat. I mean, you know, the man is... Was well, 70-something. Uh, yeah, 70. He's wearing, you know, 25 pounds of stuff, and then the makeup, and then the lights, and, you know, probably traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was really weird, right? Like, when I read the article at first, it made it sound like they didn't come back. No. And then I heard later that they were gone for five or ten minutes, and he finished the show, and yeah. he was, you know, fine. So maybe it was just a moment, a little heat stroke. You know, if you remember a, a number of years ago when uh, his show, The Family Jewels, were still on, Something happened with Paul Stanley. Yeah, but do. they rushed him to the hospital, but they continued yeah. the show. And Gene yeah. sang most of the songs. And I thought that maybe that they were going to do that, but Paul said, "Hey, we got to take a break here." 
Yeah, kind of you know. cool, right? Kind of classy. Yeah, I mean, it is I, you know, classy. listen, you, you say whatever you want about them. I mean, you know, there's bands performing because they don't have their laptops. And this is a 70-year-old guy who doesn't feel well and is gone for five minutes and comes out and finishes the show. So, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot, so, man. Yeah. yeah, People were making jokes about they needed time to get the backing track synced back up and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Listen, they're still up there dancing around. And, well, he doesn't dance around that much. It's still a lot of movement. Yeah, man. Listen, again, they're, you know, these older guys doing what they do, still doing it. I mean, listen, it takes a toll, bro. Yeah, listen, I move in a two-foot by two-foot radius. And I'm usually <laughs> worn out by the end of the night. Uh, flight of stairs. I'm A flight done of stairs. Day. That's it. It's over. <laughs> Actually, the way I'm feeling. It's I mean, listen, stuff. man. God bless them. You know. I mean, you know, you don't want to see anybody anything happen to these guys. So, but uh, hey, I, you know, total class act. Yeah, and, I do hope it. It was just kind of like the weather or the altitude or something because they're trying to finish their last set of shows. It was yeah. kind of really suck. Imagine that's cut completely because you know one of them. God forbid. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, seriously, man, seriously. So, you know, I don't, no matter how you feel about the guys, you don't want nothing to happen. Craziness, craziness. Anything else yeah. going on in your end of the world, in your higher echelon attic area? No, dude, no, man. Like, just, uh, you know, just, just normal stuff, bro. Normal life. Well, you're just, anything you know, get... but normal as a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, getting ready for the summer concert tour series coming up and a lot of shows coming up, which I'm excited about. Unfortunately, I had to put my hoodies away, at least for now. Yeah, that's we'll okay. see. Maybe, maybe we'll get one cold one, but maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. It's still, I mean, it's still possible. We'll you see. may get. Yeah, you may get something. Who knows? <laughs> well, and you're going to start traveling soon. You're going over. What's the weather like over there at the time of recording this? Do you know? Yeah, uh, have they, you looked? I have not looked, but from what I understand, it changes from hour to hour, and depending on what side of the uh, island that you're on. So, and we're going pretty much all around the UK. So yeah, we're, I'm just going to prepare for a few different things. Last time I was over there, we got a lot of rain, and at night it got really cold. Oh. And unfortunately, yeah. I was not completely prepared for that. But uh, hopefully, yeah. this time around, I will be. So we'll see. We'll have my stories mom, to my tell. I always used to say, "Bring a coat, gloves, hat, and scarf." Yeah, well, I'm going to have all that <laughs> for sure. So, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll have some things to talk about in season six regarding that. Oh yeah, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Oh yeah, that that'll awesome. probably be half the season just talking about <laughs> everything that went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's the Rust the Boss. This is Stephen Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. All right. Well, listen, let's get to the topic of tonight's show. Yeah. And we're going yes, to do it. So, we're going to talk about an artist's mental health. And to help us with this topic, we're actually bringing on a guest. We have not had a guest on since season one. It's just yeah, and that was James. That was, right? that was James. Yeah, yeah, James. Chris has problems with guests, so we we can't have him. On. But <laughs> don't, uh, don't even throw me under the bus like that. <laughs> so I did it on air. <laughs> so we're going to bring in Pamela Aloya. She's an author. She's written some really cool self-help books, including The Daily Cloak, The Current's Only But a Moment, and 52 Pick Me Up, which is like a weekly self-help, self-motivation type of thing. She does the alternative energy healing. She's a spiritual counselor, a grief coach, a life coach. She does meditation, and she's actually a performer in her own right as she does those sound bowls. So, without further ado... We welcome Pamela to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. 
We need like applause, Mick. You can edit in I, some applause. Yeah, I can put some applause in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Pam. Thanks for coming on with us this evening. Well, thanks for having me. I think the topic is really important all around, especially in the music industry. So I'm happy to be here. Past couple of shows, Mick and I have been talking about personal stuff and and uh, being in a band on a you know on that kind of level and the darkness of the road and stuff like that. So it, you fit right into the uh, almost wrap up of this season. I, you had said something about you thought it was important in the music industry. What makes you say that? I think the music industry has a lot of good qualities to it, just as any industry does, and it has a lot of challenging qualities. I think that in some of the venues and with some of the other bands, there's a lot of competition and there's some professionalism that isn't always there because of the different personalities, the different people who are in those situations. So I think it's important for people to maintain their boundaries, uh, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental. Uh, it's not always easy to do that in closed quarters, like the venues that people play mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So from that aspect, you're thinking of a personal level on how to handle those situations, right? I mean, is, is that what you're trying to say? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Mick? Absolutely. Because sometimes we're put in a situation, a lot of times, unfortunately, there is conflicting personalities. So mm -hmm. we're challenged and sometimes blindsided because we're not really prepared for that. We, we're not expecting things to go the way that they go sometimes with these personalities. It is such a competitive market that at times it can be taxing. And like Chris was saying, there's people doing it at different levels. Some take it more seriously than others. Some, their focus is one or the other or none at all. And even within bands, it can compromise what you know it is that you're setting out to do. I agree. I agree. Pam, I guess the first question should really be, tell us your your history, like what is the timeline of Pamela Aloya to today? What brought you into what you're doing today? How did it begin? My journey to, I guess what we recall more mindfulness and meditation and being aware of energy and things like that came about because of physical illness. I tried a lot of different things with medication and doctors. And while I did get some relief with that, I really did not get the full relief until I started taking stock in what was going on with me. So doing some meditation, really being aware of myself, what I was going through physically, emotionally, mentally, because growing up, you, you kind of squash some of that stuff down, you know, depending on in my environment, you, you didn't really deal with your emotions too much, you mm -hmm. know, you're, yeah. especially, especially the not so good ones. And you bury them a little bit and you bury a little more on top of that. Before you know it, you're burying all this stuff and, and things just kind of implode. So that's where I was in that scenario. So for the past, I guess, 20 years it's been, um, I've been helping people uh, with the spiritual counseling. And then I got into the grief coaching, which is truly phenomenal because that's something too that I feel as a society we lack in. And grief can be people who have lost other folks for sure, but it can also be change. Because change, we're always, you know, losing something and then gaining sure. something. So sure. sometimes we have to let go of that whatever it is we're losing before we can truly appreciate what's next. And so in the past 20 or so years you've been doing this, have you seen a shift? Because nowadays in 2023, it's very common and it's very an open conversation of people's mental health and energies and meditation and journaling and, you know, all these things to help your mental health. Have you seen the change from when you started to when you know, maybe people would just kind of look at you and go, I don't know what you're talking about, to where today it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a thing, but it's more well-known now. Have you seen that change? Absolutely. When I first started, it was more people thinking that you were in a cult, you know, doing meditation, yeah. you know, what are you doing over there? You know, kind of a yeah. thing. 
even yoga wasn't as well accepted oh, yeah, as true, it is yeah. today. So yeah. yeah, you're definitely seeing that people are totally getting the benefits from all the new things that are out there. You know, the meditation, the energy awareness, the crystals, the yoga, different breath work, things like that. It takes us to a different level of consciousness, I believe. And one that we have, one that we may not have known was missing until we start doing it. And that's what I feel like balances everything else out that we do. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you guys a question? Absolutely. You know, we were talking about how musicians will need to kind of prepare themselves for some of their tours that they go on and some of the shows that they do. When you guys go on tour or do a local show, whatever it is, what is your intention when you go or before you arrive? Wow. Uh, Mick, I don't even, wow. Well, I mean, I guess right from the hip, it's, you know, we want to put on a good show. We want to connect with the audience the best that we can. We want to sell some merchandise, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. It's a lot of broad strokes that I think a lot of us share the same exact way. We may not necessarily, I mean, I guess individually we may have specifics. I mean, like somebody would be like, I hope I don't break a string or, you know, I maybe tonight I don't miss a chord or, you know, I don't know. It could be a lot of things. But I think generally it's like we want to put on a good show. And from there we connect with the audience. And connection, right? Like Mick and I have talked a lot about connection. And that was the one thing that really drew me to music and doing what I do. It's that connection with people. I mean, it could be the music too. I mean, music is a huge part of our lives, obviously. But it was that connection, whatever that is, whether it's that person or the music and and being on stage is, and me and Mick have talked about this in previous episodes, being on stage and being able to connect to somebody or people or whatever, like that is something that I strive for every time I get on stage. Mm-hmm. It's that connection. And and once, you know, we plug in and play, I want people to leave or, you know, whatever's going on in their lives, leave it at the door. And for those 40 minutes or whatever it is, you know, let's have a good time and, and just kind of forget. Cause I know when I'm on stage, I forget everything. It doesn't matter. Like once I, once I'm on stage, everything is gone. I agree with Mick, but for me, I it mostly is connection with me is connecting to people. Yeah. Yeah. I think intention is really important when we're doing things, anything. So in my corporate background, especially having difficult conversations with customers and things like that, having an intention for that meeting, even if it's not outwardly stated, but to set an intention, it's almost like a prayer when you go within and say, okay, this is what I really want this outcome, or I want people to feel this way when we're having this meeting, kind of like what you were saying, Chris, I want to connect with people. I want people to feel that connection. So whatever that intention is, simply by having an intention, so whatever it is that you're going to do, whether it's a show, whether it's a tour, you intend that everything's going to go flawlessly. You intend that people are going to have fun. Our mindset really does set the tone for what's going to come up. So if you know that there's a a show that or a venue that is not as fun as some of the others that you've done previously, if you set a different intention or you set a very strong intention, you could see a difference. I just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. What would you say to somebody that is kind of new to what you do? So now you've explained this intention. How would you tell people in kind of like a simple way? Like how would you teach them to bring across that intention? Intention is so simple. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up. It is so simple. And you can see when I tell my clients to try it even for a week, when you wake up in the morning, set an intention for the day. It can be broad. If you don't have time in the morning, you can do it the night before, whatever. But if you set an intention, you can see that your days shift as opposed to just showing up and seeing what happens. Because sometimes you bring the energy of, oh my gosh, I have to deal with this again. Oh my goodness. So to answer your question then, Chris, it's simply a statement. You think about it, you kind of get yourself clear. And when I say get yourself clear, it's just taking a couple deep breaths, 
let everything go for a moment, you know, no real thoughts in your head and say, okay, how do I want this day to go? Or how do I want this show to go? What do I want to happen? How do I want to feel? So it's simply saying, I intend that this show be fun, flawless, I have great connections with people, and the audience buys tons of merch. You know, whatever it is you want to say. And I will say that the more people have that same intention, obviously, is going to multiply that energy to help it come to fruition. And what would you say to someone how to handle, let's say if those intentions don't work, right? Like, I mean, I, you know, nothing is ever perfect. Sometimes it does. Sometimes the planets align and you get everything you want out of it. What would you say to someone that maybe that everything they intended, it just falls flat? Like it doesn't, it just doesn't go. Yeah. Down. And that's totally true. Life happens. It's not going to happen perfectly all the time. There is just a matter of accepting things for as they are, making sure that you have I know some folks, when they go on tour or whatever, they have all these backup plans. Well, if this happens, then I have this. You know, you, you have, you're prepared. So I guess the bottom line is to be prepared, not only physically to make sure you have everything, but emotionally and mentally. If this goes wrong, how do you think you can handle it? Um, and then having a good support system, you know, having people that you can depend on, whether in your bands or fans or whatever it is, or people that you can call and say, oh, I'm having a rough time. Can you help me out? That's always helpful too. Make that sound like you, bro, because I know you're a very detailed person. Is that something you would do? Obviously. The intention or the... The backup plan. Like, would you go into it going, I intend this, and if it doesn't work out, I, you, I'm sure you have a plan B or C. Well, right? yeah. I mean, I think, like, you know, I refer to it, like, and we talked about it in an episode once before, more like a goal, but an intention may be something even stronger, maybe even more personal. Right. It's kind of like maybe putting more of my spirit into it rather than just a business model or business, you know, yeah. a bullet point. But I think that the bands that have been successful and again, you know, we're going to use Kiss as a reference. I think that they were so successful in the beginning and they'll say it because everybody was on the same page. It's when they lost that everybody being on the same page, whether they were being spiritual or mindful or whatever, they all had the same goal, let's say. So they all had the same yeah. intent. And it was definitely stronger when they all had it than when they only two of them maybe had it or even just one. Yeah. So I can definitely see the benefit in that. It may be hard at times with certain beliefs within each individual band complement, but, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it, uh, you know, it, uh, there's some truth in that for sure. Something worth trying, especially if you're missing the mark. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask, like, what do you then consider to be a stable well-being for an individual? Like a generalization? Is there a starting point, a reference? What would someone do or have or possess? I think a stable well-being changes every day, every moment, because things are changing and, and you're changing. So what may make you feel stable one day may not the next day because you've got 10 other things happening at the same time. Having a stable mindset, I guess if we make it more subjective, we could say is what do you need to be okay today or in this moment? And to set yourself up for that, I'm kind of going to do some prep work. If we're in the present moment, we have to say, okay, what do I need to be okay? And that's where some of the mindfulness comes in. Okay, what am I feeling? Am I feeling physically uncomfortable? emotionally uptight or am I going in a mental spiral? You know, what is going on with me and how do I adjust it if you can? So the stability will shift depending on what's going on moment to moment. But to help you in the moments, it's helpful when you have a whole kind of practice or 
I know the term these days is self-care. You got to have a self-care practice for yourself, right. which is true. Um, I think the term's overused. And to me, what that self-care looks like is making sure you have time for relaxation and reflection. So if there are things that have gone on throughout the day, you have some time to reflect upon it to see if there's something you would have done differently. Do you still need to address something? Just having that reflection and relaxation. We talked about setting an intention. I think setting an intention is good. And doing physical exercise, absolutely really important. That sounds like a no-brainer, but that and eating well because certain foods can also keep us from being our best selves. And then also, I guess one of the biggest things I see, I don't want to say lacking, but is a challenge for a lot of my clients is having good communication and being assertive when you need to. We are so afraid of offending people. We want to be so polite all the time that a lot of times we aren't asking for what we need. And sometimes if we ask, we'll get it. We're sometimes just saying, hey, this is where I'm at right now. I'm not in a great mood. Maybe now is not the best time to have this conversation. Let's try it another time. You know, something as simple as that. A lot of times I find when you tell people where you are emotionally, they understand or they try to understand. And then it makes things a little easier. So having a better confidence, I guess, with communicating and being a little more assertive in a compassionate way, you know, not blaming other people because there's ways yeah. to communicate compassionately. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, so do you think that well-being is just purely a state of mind? Is it a belief that we hold inside or is it more of an attitude? Is well-being something that we all possess? Like, is it something we learn or how do you look at that? Apparently, it's easy to say that we're not all well-being. Some of us are suffering more than others. If you don't know what it is, where can you start learning about? What can you do? Because you know something's off. Let's use that idea of the struggling artist or that emotionally torn type of artist that you'll see quite often. You kind of hit the nail on the head because you said you feel something's off. To me, I would say that well-being is a feeling. How does it feel? Do you feel well right now? You know, what does that feel like to be balanced, to be intentionally aware of what's going on within you and without you and are you okay with it we're constantly changing so our well-being like i said you know we were talking about previously it's going to shift moment to moment so well-being is such a broad stroke as you had mentioned before it's hard to pinpoint and it's very personal i would go back to saying it's a feeling how does it feel how do you feel in this moment and then what can you do to change it to make it better it is a moment-by-moment moment thing, and it's something that, as individuals then, right, you're saying that we would have to be more responsible for acknowledging those moment-by-moment moment things that may be affecting us. And I think that's where a lot of us kind of fall short because we get so wrapped up in everything, especially, again, like with the show happening and you're trying to load in, set up, sound check, set the merch table up. Maybe there's a meet and greet of some sort. You're talking with other bands, the sound person, the venue owner, whatever. And there's all this stuff going on and it's compounding. And you may not even be, you're not even taking the time to be aware of it. And then all of a sudden you're exploding on somebody backstage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've yeah. all seen that. We've told stories that these things, like I said, they start compounding and then things start to happen. And you're either questioning like, what the hell just happened? Or there, yeah. somebody else is saying, I don't understand what happened. Where, where did mm -hmm. everything just fall apart? So I guess that we have to take a little bit more responsibility for ourselves in that regard. I would agree with you because I'm, I'm big on the whole taking responsibility piece of where we are and communicating that, like I said. You, know, you said that things start compounding for you. There's triggers and there's little nudges that you get that things are off. 
right? Until you get to that point where you explode. So what have you done up until that point? Have you just ignored it? Have you pushed it aside? And that is kind of where the responsibility comes in. In any industry, if you're coming across a deadline, you have to get everything done and they're all converging. You don't have time to express some of what you're feeling so you can get past it. So in that case, my recommendation, I know you didn't ask for it, but my recommendation would be to breathe. Breathing is the easiest thing we can do that can be helpful even in the moment. You know, as you get uptight, your breathing gets shallow and you can actually feel your energy just feel so close to you. It just, you feel enclosed. And that makes it even worse. If you take a nice deep breath, then you can expand and you have more room to think and more room for your emotions to kind of flow through and flow out so you can get done what you need to get done. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Like in those moments when we start to realize or maybe it's actually gotten well past and we missed so many of the signs and what an artist can do. Because I remember a time now I was pretty young, was in my early 20s and we were in the studio, big studio. And I know we were paying a lot per hour and we only had so many hours that we had prepaid for. And it was my turn to go in. And I think we did that night. It was like a four hour block. And, you know, we went in, we got my sound for the guitar and all that and and whatever. And I know that was a little stressful, but we worked through it. And then I was supposed to start laying my rhythm tracks to the guide tracks that were already laid with the drummer and bass player. Granted, I had already played nights before playing with the bass and the drums as they recorded. So I was just going to go in, play again with a clean track. And I couldn't get through one song. And it's compounding and the other members of the band and the the lead guitar player and I was starting to get the third degree and the lectures like hey we got you know so and I felt the stress and until a point that all of a sudden four hours passed and we got nothing done and I had to call it I was just like I can't do it I was completely I was lost I lost my focus I lost my ability to whatever and I think like we all exploded later on fortunately I came back three nights later and I banged everything out in 40 minutes I was in a much better space but I, right. I turned to the recording engineer and I go, and you thought I couldn't play. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but my point of that story is, what could I have done in that moment? And again, now, none of us were equipped. It was to put the finger down, the finger pointing, and the anger was coming out at all ends, including the engineer guy who was just kind of like at wit's end. He didn't know what else to do. He was right. like, I'm wasting my time. These guys don't even know their material people that are in that situation because it can be stressful i mean what do you recommend people could do that was basically the question i just took the long way around it well we already covered the breathing and taking a break although it sounded like you may not have been able to take a break but even taking 30 seconds two minutes to breathe and you know kind of recollect yourself and center might have been helpful one of the things that we want to do especially when we're getting anxious or anger is get into the parasympathetic mode of our brain and to do that we want to do anything that uses both sides of the brain so taking a walk even if it's 20 30 steps that'll get your your mind and your body back into that rhythm if you have a rocking chair obviously you didn't wouldn't have had that at, at the uh, at the <laughs> studio but a rocking chair or if you have you know that's why those stress balls are so helpful because you can just throw them back and forth and get your mind using both sides of your brain to kind of bring yourself back into that sensor that's all something you could have done but you know even in the the work that i do project management you're rushing to get a deadline done you, you get the project out and it still falls all apart right? right that's why we have at least in my industry you have lessons learned so you go back and you say okay what did we do wrong how could we have done this better and it sounds like you did that anyway with your experience the next time you went in you were good to go 
And sometimes that's just the way it is. Those kind of things happen, and I mean, I joke about it on the show a lot, but I sometimes tend to mess up live more often than I wish I did. But there's times when I can get past it, and I just kind of move on because if you focus too long on it, you know, it could mess up the stuff that's coming up. But unfortunately, I've been at that other end where I have focused on the screw-up, and then I continue to screw up. You know, that mindset. Right. So what can I do in that moment where things are, I'm still in gameplay? How do you get back so quickly? I mean, I guess it's a learned process. You just got to keep doing it over and over. It is. And having some statements that help you get back to where you are. So instead of, well, we all do it. We all get to that mental spiral like, oh my gosh, I screwed up. I'm such a loser. I'm, I'm whatever. You know, you go down that road. You can say, hey, I've screwed up before and I've been okay. Okay, yeah, that's not ideal, but this next moment is going to be great. You know, kind of be your own cheerleader in the moment. It takes a lot of training, especially if we spent however many years we've been alive knocking ourselves down in those moments. It is a retraining process, but it can be done. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Pam, I have a thing where if I'm about to perform and it's a bigger event, it's a big show, a lot of people, and there's that anxiety of, I have to be good. You know what I mean? Where it's really all headspace. Like you're just, like, of course you're, you're gonna do your thing and everything's gonna be okay. But me personally, and I can't speak for other artists, but I'm pretty sure a lot of us do it. We get in that headspace that this is a big thing. I need to be this good. I need to do this. What would you offer advice to people that before they go on stage and they're all anxiety ridden, what would you tell them to do? Would it be the same thing about breathing and, and the ball and all that? It would be finding a ritual that works for you. I used to play a lot of sports and I had rituals before I got on the field. And I was nervous before every game until the first five minutes were done. And I would have this ritual, relatively spiritual. So I would say a prayer. I check all my equipment. I do these different exercises to make sure I felt that I was ready. And then I get on the field and just say, okay, whatever it is, it's going to be sooner or right, later, you just right. have to let it go. Right. So it is, I feel that having a ritual is helpful because then it sets the tone. It sets, and that ritual can change. You can have similar elements. But having some sort of ritual where it is breathing, where you say certain words to yourself, you set an intention. I've seen it where band members sometimes will get in and say a little prayer or whatever together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything that you find is helpful because it is different. People are different and people respond to things differently. So you're going to find something that works for you. Works for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw this back a little bit. So during, I guess, it, God, I don't even know when it was, but yeah, there was that book, The Secret, right? Like there was a big, you know, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Does the secret kind of compare to what you're involved in or is it two completely separate different trains of thought? It's all related. To me, the secret is about, and correct me if I'm wrong, because there's been so many follow-ons to that, yeah. I mean, getting yeah. them mixed up, right? So it's about really finding your inner self to manifest the life of your dreams or whatever correct. it is that you desire, right? Yes. Yep. So there are a lot of ways to do that. So yes, it is very similar. It is taking some of the metaphysical aspects of life and incorporating them into your daily living. Mm. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, because I was, I mean, that was a that was a big thing. You know, because you see, sometimes you see all these celebrities and, you know, when they get interviewed, I think Jim Carrey did it too. Like he claims he wrote this million dollar check and like buried it away. He claims manifested this, you know, his, obviously his career. And, and that was always interesting to me, that kind of thought. Yeah. 
I mean, our minds are incredibly powerful and I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for how we can use our minds because we haven't been trained to use them like we could. So, you know, you're talking about what Jim Carrey did. You have things like the vision board. You can create a vision right. board right. for all areas of your life. A lot of times people say, write down things that you want in your life and read that list every day or three times a day, whatever it is. It is important to write things down because it does give you that focus. And we are what we focus on. So right. the more we focus on it, the more we will create the energy around us so that we can then attract whatever it is that we're focusing on. It's also really important to have an excitement about it. So the emotion that we have behind it is also important. So what you're saying is just not an empty thought. Like, yeah. like just looking in the mirror and going, hey, I'm going to be a rock star one day. Like there right. has to be some, you have to believe it and you have to kind of work towards that goal it's just not saying it and being done right right because saying it becomes rote after a while you right, know right right, right and right, it's just right. just words there's nothing behind it now not saying it can't work it'll just take a little longer right, right the emotion right. behind it's just like yeah we're all excited let's go do this you had been talking about intention through the episode so writing i'm assuming that you're since you have a few books under you so i'm assuming that journaling is is something that you would recommend to your clients it really depends on the person. Some people are not writers, so journaling okay. will not work for them very well. I've had clients who I just won't even tell them to do it because it doesn't feel, it doesn't fit them. Some people will do better with exercise. Some people are painters or gardeners or something else that, you know, singers. You need to find whatever it is that works for you. I think journaling, obviously, is very important, but there's also snippets that you can do. It's almost like a lessons learned in a way like I was talking about before, but snippets of writing for people who don't want to journal. You know, hey, I have this topic, I want to write about it because for some of us, it's really important to write out what we need. I have a couple of artists as clients and they can paint wonderfully, but to structure something that they want in their lives, right. they need to write it down. Right. So. And how they write it down doesn't matter. They can write it sideways, upside down with flowers and hearts or whatever. You know what I mean? But I do think writing down in that regard for like a goal or something is yeah. important. But journaling is not necessary for people, especially if you're not into it. I will say that there, there are people who have tried journaling and they thought they were going to hate it. And they say they're really surprised at the results. Because you could really journal your intentions every day, right? I mean, you could, instead Absolutely. of, you could just kind of sit and date it and go, these are my intentions for the day. So yes. it's not necessarily journaling as in like, oh, this is how I feel yeah. today. You could just write right. your intentions out. Write your intentions. It could just be a bulleted list. It doesn't even have right. to be statements, you know? Right, right. So we touched upon a lot of different stuff. Just to kind of bring it back and maybe just to give some bullet points of our own. Like, what do you feel someone and again like we kind of said this these type of issues that we experience aren't exclusive to the music business i think they're in any walk of life any career choice but since this show's more geared towards the artist but again i think you could put it into any aspect what do you feel the top three things are that someone can do to become more mindful to have a better well-being especially if they're not doing anything right now they're just like you said they're kind of living by the seat of their pants and then they have all this stuff compounding and they don't realize it. So how can we become more mindful to be better equipped to be well-beings? To me, having well-being health or however you want to say it is about awareness. And the way we become aware is to make time to be aware. So my recommendation would be to maybe set a reminder on your phone three times a day where you can take two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 
and do a body scan physically, see where you are, what are you feeling, go through your emotions, see what you're feeling, what emotions you're feeling, and then mentally notice what you're thinking without judgment. That's the hardest part is to not judge any of that stuff that you feel and do that a few times a day. Because once we start getting into the practice of saying, oh, I feel off, let me see what's going on. Not judging it, not trying to shift it, just being in that moment without trying to do anything but feel it and be in that moment. Then later on down the line, if you have time, either at the end of the day or once a week, you can take a look at what you've done in those three times a day and say, okay, how do I want to do this differently? Do I want to change? Because things will just start popping up for you. They'll just start popping up. You'll start noticing, okay, I get angry when this happens, or I get anxious at this time of day for whatever reason, you know, and then you start seeing some patterns and then you can say, okay, here's what I want to do so I can be better the next time this happens. Does that make sense? Does yeah. that answer mm-hmm. your question? Oh, yeah. 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 Pam, what would be your advice for a artist or a group getting into a van and driving cross country for hours on end all together? <laughs> like what would what should be that conversation before stepping into that van with each other, knowing that you're going to spend the next eons of times together? What would be your advice for them to where they're able to kind of coincide peacefully? Is this the first time they're going on the road together? Or uh, either one. I don't know. Or do both. You could do both. That's fine. Let's say the band, this is the first time they're all together and they're going to take this tour and they're going to be on the road for a legitimate amount of time. We'll yeah. Be- for first time bands, personally, I like openness and I like to know, you know, what I'm yeah. getting into. So I would potentially ask, you know, say, hey, here's how I am in these kind of spaces or in these situations here's what you might have to deal with with me, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And how about you? You know, what do I need to know about you before I go on this trip with you? Okay, so we can do this as amicably as possible. Right. You know, you can have that same conversation with people who have been together for 20 years, you know, because they're a different person each time you get you meet them anyway, because different things are going on. Right. So it could be the same conversation. Me and Mick have talked about this before. I'm big on communication. I mean, like for me to be in a band when you're all trying for the same thing, like that's a big thing for me. And I, I, you know, in in this new project that I'm involved in now, first thing we did when we sat and had a meeting about what our intentions were for the future, I instantly said, listen, the first thing we need to do is when we walk into rehearsal, we go, this is how I feel. You know, if someone's off that day, if not, then it's a big deal. But if you're off, say it. That way we know how to handle it. You know, do you need space or are we just going to give you space and you're going to slowly work your personality and kind of start to feel better if you had a bad day, but maybe being around us, having a few laughs. I'm big on that. So I, I think that communication is, and obviously you think it's very important also. I think that's, especially being in a band. And even with you, Mick, like you guys have been, you and James have been together, you know, a ton of years. So, I mean, that communication has to be, you guys, I mean, I'm sure the communication between you guys has been pretty solid for a number of years. Well, I'll be honest with you. It is and it isn't at times. It all depends. I mean, even after all these years, we still struggle communicating some things. We used to communicate at like with explosions (laughs) Um, You know, like after like three, four days, that's the problem with knowing somebody for so long that sometimes you get under their skin and you don't even realize it. Right. But then the other times, because you know them so long, you know exactly what buttons to push when you're already in that mood. So it gets tough. I think as we've gotten older, we want less and less conflict. So 
Right. I think we have, this is just, again, from my point of view, we either talk it out or we don't. We just right. kind, of, kind of almost like <laughs> toss it under the rug <laughs> like it never really existed. You know what I mean? Pick your battles, right? Yeah, we we're, literally we pick our battles. Like, but, you know, but you know that about each other, right? You know that. So you, you kind of have an idea how to maneuver that, yeah? Yeah, there's. No. I think there's like yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, like we've learned that if there isn't a response, it doesn't mean that we're in complete agreement, <laughs> but we're going to play ball for as long as we can. <laughs> but so I mean, so we're we're do, we're still doing the best we can. It's tough at times. I think we have try to avoid as much conflict because we're just older and we don't have that kind of energy. Energy, you know. Yeah, we just figure. Yeah, listen, yeah, we're just yeah. trying to keep things. I probably make situations more tense than maybe they have to because sometimes I start piecing things together that may or may not be completely real in my head and uh, I often get myself into a lot of trouble so sometimes you know like as much as I want to be in the well-being state I've talked about this before on air like you know sometimes I miss out on the opportunity because I'm not focused so much on the now I'm all wrapped up in oh my god this 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 and this and I miss this whole chunk of time since the pandemic, for sure, it really slowed me down. It drove me back into yeah, it. Yeah, agree. And, and I realized that, you know, maybe I need to take a step back, uh, not be such a pain in the arse. You know, maybe I need to be even more flexible than I thought I was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know for the mindfulness stuff, I need to be even more aware of that at times because I'll let things, you know, and I start all of a sudden I realize... I can start feeling it when I'm starting to breathe much faster and or I'm starting to yeah, grind my yeah. teeth. I'm like, okay, it's happening. And it's, I, yeah. You know, Pam, do you have room for another client? Because I know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Always. Maybe. I'm a tough one for sure. <laughs> she may quit. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, I may force her to quit. <laughs> It's definitely an everyday process, like you were saying. And I mean, it's no different than us trying to hone our skill. This is just another piece of it, I guess, that we have to. Now, look, if we're a solo artist, like we talked about before, you are what you, you know, you are, and you don't really have to answer to anybody. But even if you're a solo artist and you're starting to work with other people, I guess you have to be more mindful of that because it can be off-putting and you could miss out on opportunity and chances. And I can only see it being a positive like Pamela was saying, it's not going to be an overnight process, especially if you've never done it before. Right, right. When we're younger, and we talked about this before and other things, we can shake things off. Maybe, yeah. You know, yeah. But as you do get older, it can become taxing, and, and we start to hold on, and we start carrying more and more baggage with us. You know, yeah. a lot of baggage can come on tour, whether you're paying for it or not, but I guess you are paying is, for it no matter true. what. That is true. So. <laughs> Pam, for someone that listens to today's episode and it sparks something with them, what would be, besides getting your book, what would be the first thing? Like, if somebody was like, man, I want to do this. Like, I kind of want to take on these things that you're specializing in. What would be the first step for someone to get into the kind of teachings that you do? I love talking to people. So my first thought is going to be, hey, call, email, text, whatever, and let's start a conversation to see what would be best for you with where they are, where they want to be, and where they want to go. It's really interesting because people will call up thinking they want one thing, and then after we have a conversation, we find out so much more about each other. We're like, oh, well, how about we try this instead? You know, let's go down this road instead. Instead of mindfulness, well, maybe we go into another certification class or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of information out on my website. Uh, there's also, as you said earlier, there's tons of information about mindfulness, energy awareness, conflict resolution, all that sort of thing online too. Just start making the time to get the information you need. And if you don't have the time, sometimes the easiest thing is to work with a coach or to work with somebody who has the information so they can just give it to you in a shorter time frame and you can see the gains much faster. And what is the definition of conflict resolution? I think the first thing is that we have to realize that conflict is inevitable, it's natural. A lot of times we do so much to try not to have conflict. And you know, you put two people in a room, sooner or later there's gonna be conflict. It's just the way it is. So realizing that in and of itself can just do wonders. But then being a little objective, not taking things personally. And that's a tough one for most of us to not take things personally. Yeah. If you can't not take it personally in the moment, is to take a break, step away, and then come back. Have a solid conversation, a grown-up, mature, compassionate conversation about where the differences are and how we can move forward. What compromises need to happen, what feeling acknowledgement needs to happen, uh, what is the end goal for both of us. You know, it's really about having a conversation. You know, having that communication is the utmost importance. But in order to have that conversation, you also need to be aware of where you are. And sometimes we don't know where that is until our buttons get pushed. Right. You know? Let's take that from an artist perspective. Let's say an artist comes to you, or let's say he's a client, and he says, or she says that, because social media is obviously a huge thing right now, mm -hmm. uh, especially with people's mental health. I got this bad review and there are a ton of people just hammering me on social media. Conflict resolution, right? What would be your advice for that person? and how to handle that conflict. Yeah, so is the so to me that's more inner conflict because I'm assuming okay. the review is somebody outside that they don't know, yes. you know, and it, it's just a, was it Gene Simmons who said that there's no such thing as bad press or something that like is, somebody said uh, that, That is right? correct, yep, yep. So that is true, you're getting out there regardless. It would also depend on the person and what they have been dealing with, right? So does the review hit something personal for them or is it just making them question their entire involvement in a band, you know, what is it really hitting? I like to get to the core of what the issue is. If we don't get to the core of what the issue is, whether it's a belief about ourselves or perception that we have that other people have of us that we want to get rid of, what is the core that we need to deal with? Because that's going to be different usually for yeah. people. Yeah. Cool. We're going to do a couple plugs. So if you want Let's to get it. in touch with Pamela, or you want to check out some of her books or see what other information she has available, you could check her out at www.soulangel.com. That's S-O-L-A-N-G-E-L.com or at PamelaAloya.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-A-L-O-I-A.com. Pam, thank you so much. It was thank so interesting. Thank you thank so you. much this, for talking. This is fun. Was, thank you. We appreciate you coming on and giving us some insight. Like we'd say a lot of times, we're a work in progress every day, just trying to do the best that we can. And the beauty about it is, is if we mess up one day, like Chris said, we just can start again tomorrow, pick up where we left off. Yep. True. True. Okay, if you like that episode, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. 
You can find the Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.